This show is produced by the Hartman Media Company. For more information and links to all our great podcasts, visit HartmanMedia.com. Welcome to the Solomon Success Show, where we explore the timeless wisdom of King Solomon and the Bible as it relates to business and investing. False prophets and get-rich-quick schemes are everywhere. Let's not be distracted by these. Instead, let's go to the source, the eternal principles that create a life of peace, power, and prosperity. Here's our host, Jason Hartman. It's my pleasure to welcome Kimberly Guilfoyle to the show. She is co-host of The Five and Outnumbered on the Fox News Channel. She's contributor to The O'Reilly Factor and Hannity. She's a guest host for On the Record with Greta Van Susteren and author of Making the Case, How to Be Your Own Best Advocate. Kimberly, welcome. How are you? Oh, great to be on your program. Thank you for having me. Good to have you. And just to give our listeners a sense of geography, where are you located? So I'm located in uh, New York City in Manhattan, and that's where I live and reside. And I'm originally from San Francisco. I was born and raised there and also lived in Los Angeles, California. Fantastic. And you were the former First Lady of San Francisco, is that correct? Yes, I was. Yes, I was a First Lady of San Francisco and also a former prosecutor in San Francisco, head of the trial division there, working on career criminal cases and homicides and then also worked at the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office and eventually made my way to New York City, uh-huh. taking a different career path and change in my life that actually um, you know, proved to be a great decision for me personally, professionally, and financially, and moving to New York to have opportunities to work in television and, of course, address a larger audience, and then eventually you know, writing a book that's become a national bestseller called Making the Case, How to Be Your Own Best Advocate, where I go through my life and talk about the different um, choices that I've made, the different paths, different options that have presented themselves, how I've handled things both you know, personally and professionally. Fantastic. Boy, I bet you could tell some amazing stories with your life experience, especially as a prosecutor. <laughs> that, uh, oh, that's and, cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What are you up to nowadays in New York? Uh, we'll, I want to dive back into the book and talk about some of the different chapters there, but maybe just update us on what you're doing now. Is it mostly television then? Is that your main yeah, thing? Yeah, so I you know, live in New York City and I work for the Fox News Channel. And it's been a wonderful different career progression from working as a prosecutor and then going to do television, become a legal analyst and commentator, and then segueing that into a new opportunity of anchoring and doing news of the day. And I'm one of the co-hosts of the wildly successful show, The Five, on the Fox News Channel from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern. It's a roundtable discussion. Five of us sit at the table. It's kind of like think about your family on Thanksgiving, uh, mixing it up, getting into it talking about uh, whatever the news of the day is. We'll start off with some more like hard-hitting subjects, whether it's foreign policy, national security, the economy. And then later in the program, we move into more what we call like watercolor subjects, which is um, different cultural things going on, big stories, or what's the big talker of the day. So it's pretty fun. It's the um, number one show at 5 o'clock in all of cable. And then in the area of news, the only other two shows that uh, beat us would be Bill O'Reilly and uh, Megyn Kelly. So 
both at Fox, but we beat all 24 other hours of cable news, whether it's CNN, MSNBC, Headline News, Bloomberg, all of the above. Mm -hmm. We're not too focused on really, really current events on the show because podcasts are perennial, obviously. But with your involvement in Fox, and you did mention Megyn Kelly, I just got to ask you, any comments on the uh, war between her and Donald Trump by chance? Yeah, I mean, we've put that, you know, behind us. I think the debate was a huge success. 24 million people watched it. I think Chris Wallace and Brett Baer and Megyn Kelly did an outstanding job for the 9 o'clock debate. I think people got to see and learn a lot about the different candidates. And I think anytime you're doing live television like that and discussing important issues, there's going to be some exciting, uh, you know, television-worthy moment and right. then also the earlier debate was such a standout with Carly Fiorina and that was hosted by Martha McCallum and Bill Hemmer. Yeah, yeah, I know Carly really shined in that one. Very interesting. We had Megan Kelly's husband on the show before talking about his book uh, uh, The Ghost of Manhattan, I believe it's called or yeah, The Ghost of Wall Street. Yeah, she's, you know, widely regarded in such a wonderful positive um way. She's a great role model for women. She's tough and strong and confident. She asks great, tough questions. She doesn't back away from it. So, you know, I think she's really done a lot in terms of uh, advancing the ideas of women in journalism and in reporting. Yeah, excellent. Good stuff. On the book, talking about careers and career success, what's your take on that? Well, I think that, you know, it's really important to be able to do something that you feel very passionate about. So when you wake up in the morning and you go to bed at night, you feel a sense of accomplishment, a sense of bliss, like this is what I've been meant to be doing. I really enjoy it. I'm going to make it happen today no matter what. I don't like when people like mail it in and just, okay, just doing the job to collect a paycheck. I like someone who's passionate about what they do, and people should be. You know, when you think about how you're spending your time, and a lot of it is at work and with your colleagues, are you doing something that you enjoy? And I really feel that if you're courageous and you move into a field that, you know, is something that you really love to do, that you've always wanted to do, that there is an ability and a way to monetize that and that you likely will be successful at it if you're fully invested and committed to your career and what you're doing. And I've uh, lived my life like that, not being afraid to make choices at different points in my life when I felt I needed a change. Or maybe there was a new growth opportunity for me where you needed to be courageous and fearless and seize the moment to do something different, create a new chapter in your life so that you have that sense of purpose. What do you think about playing by the rules? Listen, I mean, I'm a former prosecutor, so, you know, I like rules. I embrace and love the law and the Constitution. So I think that you can play within the rules and still play fast and hard and give it your best. And I think that's the best way because, you know, rules are there to have some kind of order and uniformity to, you know, level the playing field but not fix the outcome. You've obviously done a great job uh, networking and developing powerful friendships. Tell us a little bit more about that. I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that are uplifting, that are winners, that are passionate about what they are doing, that it can give sound advice. There aren't going to be people that are going to be negative to take you down. For example, our chairman and fearless leader at Fox News, Roger Ailes, he's my boss, but he's also a personal friend of mine, someone that I admire greatly and has been a wonderful mentor to me and many others. He talks about how negative people can make positive people sick. It's true. You've got to think about who you're around, the energy, the ideas, the enthusiasm, what people have to say. Like life is hard enough without people trying to tell you that you can't do it or trying to hold you back. And I see sometimes people limiting themselves by the kind of people they associate with. And that's why I try to always like 
talk to, meet with, work with people that I feel are engaging and dynamic and are similarly situated in terms of wanting to make the most out of life and also wanting to pay it forward. So, you know, I really do try to network and talk to people who have areas, you know, of expertise. Like, for example, if I'm investing in doing things in real estate, which I am, you know, very quite frequently do, I will go and talk to different, I'll help, you know, different brokers or different contractors or different people in the field to be able to have a greater understanding of how I can move the ball forward and improve my portfolio or my financial position. So it's there's plenty of people out there, believe me, willing to talk and willing to give advice and pay it forward. So I seek those people out, and those have been very rewarding and profitable experiences in my life. Well, Kimberly, I love real estate investing, and I know a lot of our listeners do too. What attracted you to that field? You know, because I think it's something that if you put the energy and the effort in, that if you're a creative, you're willing to take some good calculated sound risks that you can actually do quite well, especially when, you know, taking advantage of availing yourself of some of the financial incentives out there with interest-only loans, et cetera, especially in strong markets. I've been able to, you know, with very little money, put some put money down, fix up a place, do something, you know, turn around and sell it. And it's been some of the best decisions that I've made in my life. That's actually been the most profitable, you know, area of my life. And then next up would be, you know, anchoring and working in television. But people just, are, they're not aware. They're not aware of all those opportunities out there. And so, you know, I've done quite well, even though having, you know, not been in New York very long, I've been sold to several properties, I think three now in the past, God knows, five years. So I tend to uh, do this and do well at it. And it's kind of been able to separate me from the herd, from the pack, because I'm able to sit there and say, well, how can I use this as an opportunity to create more wealth or more, you know, a better financial stability for me and my son. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, the the interesting thing about real estate is that unlike the financial services industry, the Wall Street plan, they will come to you. And so they make it easy. But Kimberly, you said, you know, if you put a little effort into it, you've got to sort of seek real estate out most of the time. You know, it doesn't sort of come to us. You don't see ads in all the magazines and and all over the place. There's not that giant marketing machine for it uh, that you have for uh, stocks and Wall Street type investments. And uh, I agree with you, you know, it's the leverage you alluded to, to that, that you can put very little down and, and have very big upside returns and amplify them. Uh, the late Archimedes said, uh, give me a lever long enough and I will move the entire world. So that leverage is a very, very powerful component of it. Yeah, and having that leverage and, you know, just even like a co- working with contractors and people, networking, being smart. You know, I interviewed seven contractors on my last deal. I really wanted to find someone that I could partner with that I could make a good you know relationship with to be able to go forward to the next you know project and it's about finding your right team and your right fit that works with you know your portfolio and what you have to offer so that's been an exciting new thing that I do you know separate from working in television separate from writing books I tell all you know the people that I advise and give talks to about having multiple revenue streams and being recession proof so that you're not just like all in eggs in one basket, like they say. I try and really have a diversified portfolio, whether it's in my financial investments or my different revenue streams. And it's proved to be wildly successful for me. 
Yeah, absolutely. You have a chapter in the book about dating and marriage. Um, how did you happen to meet Gavin Newsom? So we were introduced um, in San Francisco through some mutual friends, and I met and knew his father, who was a judge, and one of their best friends, another an attorney in San Francisco, also another close childhood friend of his, Billy Getty. And we were all friends, and then eventually, you know, we always seemed to get along and like each other and have a passion for giving back to the community and for public service. I mean, that really you know, drew us together. I liked his work ethic, just his, his attitude and about paying it forward. Uh, and so, you know, we ended up getting together from that vantage point. What are your thoughts and, and lessons that you've learned about dating and marriage that you share in the book? You know, that it's just, it's not easy. Don't be afraid to make mistakes or to fail, but be courageous to get up and try and do it again. I believe in great love. I believe in, in the power, you know, of relationships and of uh, marriage. And uh, sometimes it doesn't work out if two people aren't, you know, well-suited. You can be well-intentioned. But don't be afraid to then try and uh, take another chance, you know. Don't be so much worried about what other people think. But listen to what's in your heart and uh, try and leave yourself open because you can have some really great opportunities and moments and experiences and relationships in life if you're not sitting hiding in the corner. And I always tell people, too, and especially women, like, don't be afraid to network here, you know, network for your heart, to be able to ask people to set you up, introduce you to someone. Perhaps they know someone that's also looking. I can't be shy about these things because it's not going to come to you, whether it's a job. I tell the young graduates, I say, you know, the job fair truck isn't going to pull up in front of your apartment and give you a 401K and a key to an apartment on Park Avenue and a great job. Like, you've got to distinguish yourself. You've got to get out there. You've got to take meetings. You've got to get internships and take experience and make people want to invest in you. So God helps those who help themselves, and I really believe that. And it's the same thing applies to the principles of dating and marriage. And so I tell people, you know, unless you see it's something that's going to work out for you, don't sit there and invest. Be with somebody three, four, you know, whatever. That's an investment, too, of your time of your heart, of your energy, of your emotion. So I tell them, listen, if it's somebody you want to be with, then you got to try and close them. Close them like you close the deal, <laughs> you know, in business. So my girlfriend was saying to me, Kimberly, we're not closers. Teach us how to be closers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's, that's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm great good. advice. I'm good at getting proposals for myself and for my girlfriend. <laughs> Absolutely. Very good advice. Good job being a, a wing woman, right? <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's great. You also talk in the book about family drama. And, you know, every time around the holidays, you know, there are all these news stories about, you know, how to deal with family situations and things like that. And, you know, this really weighs on a lot of people. Um, what is your advice on that component of life? Yeah, you got to like make it count and don't have grudges and hold on to things. I mean, I tell people, you know, especially that how important family is. And to really try to be sensitive to be understanding, don't make it about you, but, you know, see what you can do to try and understand where they're coming from. Ultimately, everyone in your circle is going to benefit from it. If you have a positive home environment, if you have in-laws trying to make the extra step to show them how much you love, you know, their loved one and, you know, why you're a good choice, I think it's important. You don't just marry or get involved with an individual. You're, you're in with the family which I think is so important, you know, to be able to know that. And you want them to feel good about the choice that whether it's their son or daughter or whoever, you know, is making and choosing to invest in you. I take that really seriously. I love family. And so I operate from kind of that perspective. And, 
you know, life is too short. I tell people having lost my father and, you know, I'm my mother. You know, I, I know, gosh, what would I give, you know, to have them here with me today? I'm so lucky because I have my beautiful little boy, Ronan, who is my heart and my treasure, and he's just, you know, wonderful, and I go out of my way to, you know, spend time, um, you know, w- with him and to have a great positive environment for him. I'm very close to his grandparents on his dad's side, and, you know, I had to work really hard to co-parent with his father, Eric, who I greatly admire and respect. Fantastic. You conclude the book with uh, asking for help, giving help, receiving help once you get it. What would be uh, some of your advice there? You know, don't be shy. At the end of your life, you want to say that you live a life with no regrets, that you have put it all out there, that you weren't afraid to take and to make those great moments where you're letting someone know how you feel or you've asked for that position or that job and you've believed in yourself. It's a great way to live. It's a great way to show other people the example, the life lesson in the way that you live your life. My parents certainly did that, you know, for me. And, um, you know, you can't be able to be afraid to be your own advocate. I know my father used to say to me, Kimberly, you want something, you know, go to your room, prepare, come back and make your best arguments, present your case, make your case to me. And he always told me, never be afraid of the no. And it's so true. Like, don't be afraid of a word. It's two letters. No. Because one day you can turn it into a yes. You learn, you grow, you figure out how to do it better and how to do it smarter. But at least you know you've asked versus wondering and thinking about it and regretting weeks, months, years down the road. So free yourself, open yourself up to the experience the power of of people, of possibility. And and that's what I try to do every day and make it count. That is fantastic. I love that idea of, as a kid, go to your room and make your best argument and come back. No wonder you ended up as a lawyer, right? (laughs) That's fantastic. Isn't it so true? That's why I tell people this was an accident. I was coached into the courtroom, you know, about how to be a great advocate. And then I used and turned those skills into advocacy for others and fighting on behalf of victims of violent crime, seeking justice. And it uh, was one of the greatest experiences and careers, certainly, you know, of my lifetime. And now I educate the public, whether through doing uh, interviews like this or on television, uh, in speaking events, etc., to be able to talk about law, talk about politics, talk about my experience and try and give back. And that was one of the reasons why I wrote the book, because I was getting so many questions about how people could do this in their life and how did I end up where I am and, you know, through trial and tribulation and different chapters and being courageous and not being afraid to, like, pivot and go in another direction and pick yourself up. Sometimes we have to do that. We have to pick yourself up. And, like, you can't be sitting there waiting for somebody else to do it for you, right? Like, own it and feel it within yourself. People are attracted to individuals like that that are strong and compelling and that really put it all out on the line and being fearless. I love your attitude about that, about the self-reliance, going for things, and being, as you said earlier, a closer. (laughs) Great advice. Excellent advice. Yeah, no question. Kimberly, where can people find you online? So, yeah, KimberlyGilfoyle.com. You can also get my book on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com, and you can see me on air every Monday through Friday for sure at 5 o'clock Eastern, you know, on the 5. We even have, like, Fox on the go apps where you can watch them from your phone as well. So, you know, that's those are all the great places uh, that people can check me out and get to know more about me. And I really was very revealing in the book in the hopes that I might reach and touch other people's lives and make their lives a little bit uh, better and more, you know, more interesting. So I've been really um, 
appreciative of the response and the feedback and the connection with people that I meet. Excellent. Well, Kimberly, thank you so much for sharing uh, with us today. That's Kimberly Guilfoyle, author of Making the Case, and then, of course, on Fox News. Thank you. Great to have you on the show. Thank you so much, my friend, and have a great weekend. This show is produced by the Hartman Media Company, all rights reserved. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please visit www.hartmanmedia.com or email media at hartmanmedia.com. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. Opinions of guests are their own, and the host is acting on behalf of Platinum Properties Investor Network, Inc., exclusively.